Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Greetings, Mets fans. Uh, this is the last show of the week as we've mixed things up and had hosts from uh, other shows do other shows this week on Amazing Avenue Audio across all of the shows on the network from Complex to Queens, uh, Poto, a podcast of their own. Uh, um, oh, man. I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Uh, Unformidable. Unformidable. Yeah. Ironic to forget that name for two seconds uh but yeah brian normally does this intro and this role on on this show uh amazing avenue audio the show but he did unformidable this week uh and we've had different hosts on different shows so from apoto uh linda sarovich is joining me tonight so linda thanks for wrapping up the week of uh of mid-season uh you know the mid-season mix-up (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Happy to be here. So, a few days ago, I thought this was going to be a very different show. Don't die. <laughs> and, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and, and think too much into this, but uh, the Mets opened up the second half with a loss to the Marlins, but then they beat them twice, and then they beat the Twins, who are a first-place team. Uh, as much as they might not have looked like one today, uh, it they are one, and they've been a very good team, and they beat them twice in one of these silly two-game series that baseball has been doing over the last few years. 
So, yeah, the Mets have won four games in a row. They're still seven games under 500. But what is going on? Is this uh, is this the start of some crazy second half push? Do we think? I don't know. Like the Twins, would the Mets have won if the Twins didn't do their best Mets impression? Though, like their defense was pretty sloppy both games. The drop pop-up led to the floodgates, although they were winning at that point today. And their first loss coming out of the break was pretty bad against the Marlins. So I don't know if they're still legit. Familia actually looks a lot better. He looked good today, I believe. And then yesterday, I mean, good for him is not blowing the lead. Right. So, and Diaz came close. But so I don't know if there's for real. I don't know if you can buy into it. I don't know if this is the team they should have been since day one and if they're just now coming into their own. But they're still, I mean, reality is that they're still way behind everybody else and it'll take a miracle run to even get back in it. So I know it's only five and a half games, but there's so many teams in front of them that it just seems impossible that they will leapfrog all of them to get back into the race. Right. Yeah, that that second wild card spot in theory looks like it's not that far away. But at the same time, it's still everybody except the Marlins who's ahead of them. Yeah, the Giants are playing well now, too. So I don't know. Well, yeah, that's sort of the thing for me. and I look back at some of this today because I, I have memories. Uh, I've never seen the Mets play out there in person, but I have memories of terrible things happening when they go to San Francisco. <laughs> and then when you look back over the years, that hasn't always been the case. It's not like they have lost every series out there. Um, but they have had some brutal ones where they've lost three out of four or, or been swept. Um, as I was going through some of this, a friend of mine actually found the one that I was trying to remember. In 2014, they had a series where they went out and the bullpen blew the lead in every game and they lost all of them. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I thought it was during the J.J. Putts era, which lasted one season, and it was not. They actually had a pretty good series out there when wow. uh, when they were there in 2009. Um one other thing that came up as I was looking through this that we might not remember in 2010, the Mets were 10 games over 500 in mid to late July. Um, <laughs> huh? No, I definitely do not remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, and uh, rightfully so. But just <laughs> it feels like things have happened when they've been out there, and they've—I don't know. I don't. Do, I don't know. Maybe it's just that 2014 series. Uh, that wasn't a good team, though, so I don't know why it sticks out. But um, And Madison Bumgarner is pitching again, and they can never beat Although they think they did beat him this year. But it just seems that they can't beat him no matter what. Like, even if he's struggling, he will not struggle against the New York Mets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, saw that wild card game in person. Oh, no. I had to recap that game. (laughs) (laughs) And I was going to Comic-Con the next day. So that was was a long day the next day. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that is quite a combo. Yeah, although I did see somebody at Comic-Con with a Mets shirt. So I was like, you know what? Props to you, buddy. (laughs) 
Although maybe he was doing it as like a costume. You can never tell when you're there. I just, I don't know. That was my first and last time going. Yeah. Yeah, I actually haven't been to one. I mean, I, I'd like to, in theory. There's tons oh, of stuff there that yeah. I'm into, but really have to prepare yourself if you want to go get in the right frame of mind because you never know what you're going to say yeah yeah no that that makes sense when we were in Norway and we were <laughs> getting oh, totally no. derailed from uh, baseball conversation but <laughs> that's okay uh, we were in Norway earlier this year and we went to a very small Star Wars festival and it was like, having not been to Star Wars Celebration or Comic-Con or any of these massive things, whether it's the Javits Center or, you know, other arenas or convention centers in the United States that host them or elsewhere in the world, um, I, I feel like I got an introduction that was very low-key and small and has no resemblance to what these larger things are like. Um, yeah. But... It is on, I don't know, it's on the list. It's something I'd like to at least do. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an experience. You I mean, even if you just go to People Watch, it's still, you know, you won't be bored. I can promise you that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so the, <laughs> the Mets are, they're, they've won four games in a row and matched their longest winning streak of the season. Something that was kind of crazy um, that Gary Cohen brought up was that until today, the Twins had not lost three games in a row all season, which is... Really? Yeah, and historically significant. Um, yeah, that's he, pretty shocking. He pointed out that the 2009 Dodgers were the last team that went this far into a season without losing three in a row. Um, and, you know, I mean, just obviously that's that's very, very hard to do. So it's kind of ironic that the 2019 <laughs> Mets were the team... <laughs> To uh, to give them the second and third losses, with Jason Vargas pitching of all people, right? Yeah, and and Stephen Matz has had a rough year, and he, yeah, that's true too. He pitched the first game, and uh, the Twins have this juggernaut offense, and uh, uh, you know I think coming into it they they had hit close to two or maybe even a little over two home runs per nine innings. Um, yeah, they're close to first, I think, in offense. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming into the series, they were leading the league in runs per game. Uh, I think yeah. they were leading baseball in home runs. I thought so, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But, um, I mean, especially not scoring for five innings against the Mets bullpen with against the number one offense in the league. Like, it just, it, nothing, this, this whole series just doesn't add up. I know on paper, and, like, I know it happened. But I still can't believe it happened. Because everything just seemed to be going against the Mets the way it was set up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and long-time listeners of the podcast will know that I have uh, I have a cousin who I'm close with who is a Twins fan. So I'm more tuned into the Twins than your average Mets fan, I would say. Your average NL East fan. Um, I know more about them than what they've done in Yankee Stadium over the years. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, coming into it, I, I said, of course, you never know, but this should be a couple of games that the Twins should win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, baseball being itself, it, it went the opposite way. But, yeah, I don't know. what. I guess going into the Giants series, um, which on East Coast time starts very late on Thursday night, 
Uh, oh, it's a four game series. Yeah, so it's, it's got. Uh, yeah, that 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 made like a four game series that starts with Bumgarner starting for the Giants is like. <laughs> yeah, it's a double whammy. Yeah, but I don't know. They've won four in a row. They need if if they win seven more in a row and have this eleven game winning streak uh, starting on the second day of the second half to get back to five hundred. That's the bar for me for when I when I go back on like buying in and looking at maybe I want to go to some games and that kind of thing. But like that's fine going to go to games, <laughs> but I think the clock is also ticking for them because the there it is a hard trade deadline this year. So they have to decide kind of now if they are buyers or sellers. Right. And to be clear, uh, I'm, 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 they should be sellers. I'm not. Yes. <laughs> I'm not I'm advocating. I think it's just if they uh, if they can somehow pull that off, so that would that would be a four game sweep of the Giants, who just destroyed the Rockies in Colorado, um, in San Francisco. So it would require that, and then I think their next three game series, or sorry, their next series is a three game series against the Padres at home. And even though the Padres have kind of underperformed, they're not quite at 500 themselves. They've got talented players. They're hanging in there more than the Mets have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't expect them to actually do it. No. But if they do it, I think I would start to uh, at least let myself believe, like, hold on, maybe, maybe they shouldn't do anything drastic here and just ride the season out. And if... If it doesn't get better, uh, then a miraculous 11-game winning streak out of nowhere. Um, this is so Mets, though. To yeah. always go on the hot streak at the exact wrong time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you couldn't have done this in June. Like, we could be having a totally different conversation right now if they had just done this in June. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's... I don't know. Uh, that, 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 that's that been my most common phrase on this show over the last few weeks. Know. Yeah, I just don't know. Uh, <laughs> You're 2019 Mets. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm being realistic here. I'm not trying to say that these things are going to happen. But at least until they actually trade players away, I'll, I'll take anything they want to do to kind of flirt with um the concept of contending and are you saying Wilmer font being traded was not a major move oh that's right we should have led the show with that yeah I, I admittedly i know nothing about the guy they gave up for font in the first place no. other than his name uh and that he's young right he's super young uh, he's been playing in the golf coast league a little bit uh in the raise system since they got him um i think he's I, a flamethrower yeah, I mean, I, I know I saw some of the beat reporters refer to him as interesting and intriguing, and I probably should have checked with uh, our own miners crew on if they had any thoughts on him. Uh, but, you know, I, I just don't know anything solid about him, so it's just a... It's just I'm a not, guy, right? I, right, I'm not getting overly concerned, but at the same time, they still gave up someone mm-hmm. to get Wilmer Font, kept him around for... Uh, what a month and a half two months somewhere around that 
he wasn't good. He he pretty much did exactly what his previous performance would have you think he would do, and then they DFA him and trade him for cash considerations, which could you know be just yeah, a small amount of money. Um, there, uh, something's got to change hands, but uh, far from a significant deal. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is at this point. Like. It doesn't it doesn't change the fact that they could have just built a better bullpen to begin with. And it's just it's just another, it's not a big move and it wasn't a big move at the time. It's not a big move now, but it's just those little things that keep adding up, like the decisions that the this organization makes that just you know, taken as a whole, it's like why can't you just do it better from the beginning so you don't have to make moves like this like oh maybe signing Kimbrel from the beginning or you know maybe not jumping the market and signing familia to a big contract before you know anybody else was signed so it's just it's just another one of those things where you just kind of roll your eyes and say ugh Mets again what are you doing but i guess you know but right now it doesn't it doesn't matter that I mean, it does matter that their bullpen's bad, but this move, it doesn't, it's not going to change much. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I guess on a, on a lighter note over these last few days, a few of the hitters have been sort of, uh, hitting, hitting very well. Uh, and yeah. Jeff McNeil has been one of them and you'd expect that. And Pete Alonzo was a little bit cold, uh, but we can talk about his home run in a minute today. Uh, but Robinson Cano and Michael Conforto, uh, and even Ahmed Rosario, I wouldn't throw him in the same thought where Cano and Conforto, you, you know that they're capable of better things. Um, mm-hmm. I guess unless you had totally given up on Cano, which I certainly hadn't. But, um, yeah, those those guys have come into the second half hitting well. Conforto obviously had the four-hit game, which helped a lot. Uh, well, but, and I think your tweet even said it best. Is the All-Star break better at handling Mets injuries than the Mets are? <laughs> <laughs> I think that like purposely, perfectly summed up what the Mets' problems are. Like, oh, funny, Cano starts hitting after he's feeling better. Probably the same with Conforto, because he probably came he came back pretty quickly after the concussion so you just i mean he always said he was fine but do we trust him or do we trust the vets when they say conforto is fine do we trust them when they say cano is fine and and clearly we can't trust them because zach wheeler was not fine so you know it was it just seemed suspicious to me that every time cano got hot he he would get hit on the hand and then all of a sudden not play well again. Like, And then he had the, the hamstring injury or the oblique. I forget what it was. But it just seemed he was never fully healthy every time he came back. Right. Yeah, I think it was the quad with his leg. And Conforto, I mean, Conforto played pretty well coming back from the concussion. But he was ice cold coming into the break. Mm-hmm. And then we knew he had very uh, either the day two or three games before the All-Star break, he had the... Uh, the back tightness. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. And then, you know, that that gets added in there. Uh, and I know, I'm sure there's a constant back and forth 
uh, with players and teams and what they do say and what they don't say. But even at the point that we knew he had the tight back, he still played the day after that. He, I, mm-hmm. think, I think he got a day off, and then he played the day after that. And it's just, yeah, I... I it, well, even now, like when he ran to the wall, I'm like, oh my god, is it going to be Brandon Nimmo all over again? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, know, it's um, it, it could just be that actually giving these guys a few days off helps. And the first time Cano came back, he didn't have the rehab uh, assignment at all. Um, that's right. And did Conforto? I'm gonna. I want to double check that. Did Conforto have one when he came back from the concussion? I don't think he did. I don't think he did, no. And Justin Wilson didn't the first time he came back. He too. Yeah, it's been a, a bit of a weird thing uh, that they've been doing this year. But, yeah, it's... For an organization that's constantly been publicly criticized for rushing players back or maybe downplaying injuries or, or, mis- or just flat out mishandling them right it's just weird i mean we ultimately you have to go with over the course of several general managers and uh different trainers and different medical staff whoever that may be there's the consistent of the will ponds and you have to you have to assume that not all these different people who have had these roles within the organization have been equally um i don't know inept or overly aggressive however you want to paint it but you have to assume at some point that that comes from the top and well and yeah i think pedro martinez even said it comes from the top when he said he was forced to play in a meaningless game right because jeff wilpon came to the clubhouse to talk to him and say that we're paying you to pitch Mm mm-hmm in a, in a season that was lost. Yeah, it, but it was against Dontrell Willis, and they, God forbid they lose against this, you know, the the next big thing. Right. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, making a matchup that people would come out, want to come out and see. It put, it put butts in the seats, yep. Right. So, yeah, look, looking back at Conforto's game log, um, just to confirm what we both thought, that he... He didn't go on any rehab assignment or anything. And I know it's a short-term list, the injured list now um, for a concussion, and I'm really happy that it wasn't one that lingered for months or longer. Uh, you know, he's done enough that it seems like he he belonged on, on the field, but it's just part of a pattern uh, that mm-hmm. we've seen w- with some of these guys. And they've sent some players on rehab assignments, but it's just... And didn't Wilpon go down to Syracuse, or go down, go up to Syracuse when Cano was rehabbing? Uh, he may have. I don't specifically remember. I feel like one of them did. It was Cano, Nimmo, and some... It might have been Justin Wilson. They were all rehabbing there at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. that Right. That sounds familiar. They They had three guys who were certainly considered to be part of the major league uh, the active 25-man roster uh, starters for two of them and and you know a reliever who was thought to be somebody who would be in a lot of games 
yep. in high leverage situations. So yeah, that does ring a Somebody bell. Somebody they spent money on, yeah. Right. Yeah, two people they spent money on, <laughs> and <laughs> the one time they actually went and spent money. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we've said this before, like, nobody's ever being signed again. <laughs> like, this is what happens. <laughs> right. Well, we know that they've expressed, whether it's through the way they handled the injury situation of his own or the way things went when he was traded away from the team, uh, but we know that they weren't thrilled with Carlos Beltran's performance and his contract, even though he was excellent. Mm-hmm. for a, su- a sustained period of time. Uh, I'm sure even though they've maintained David Wright as somebody who's around the franchise in at least some sense uh, and somebody who's celebrated and all that, I'm sure they aren't thrilled that something that was con- entirely out of his control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but But he also played through it too and probably made it worse and you know i wonder if just the culture they've built of having to play if you're being paid you know a significant amount of money if that's the culture they've built around the team if he felt pressured to play through that then you know it is kind of on them too that this happened oh yeah 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 of course and you just worry that they look back at some of the biggest contracts they've ever signed and I think I brought this up last week as well, but they get back into this mode of, well, we, we've tried paying these guys and every Mm. time we do, it doesn't work. So let's just not do it anymore. Um, It's all on you, Jake. Fuck the trend, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the last contract ever signed. (laughs) Yeah. No, no pressure. Uh, No pressure. No pressure. If we want to keep Pete Alonso, you have to perform (laughs) Uh, oh god, that's that. That might be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. So let's uh, on that note, let's let's take a quick break and then come back and and get through some uh, some other stuff, some other Mets stuff. So we'll be back. Uh, I, I can't say back after this. So we'll we'll be back shortly. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So we uh, we wanted to get to this before the break, and we touched on it a little bit with the injury stuff uh, in general. But Zach Wheeler was sort of the headline trade ship that the Mets had, even though his stats this year have been eh, not so great. I think what he did in the second half last year opened up some eyes, uh, maybe at least flashed enough 
talent and performance that some team out there would buy into him uh, as a rental who can help them down the stretch. And now he's on the injured list with shoulder fatigue. So, of course. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, maybe you don't want to pitch him. Well, yep, as he had the fourth highest amounts of innings pitched, but. Yeah, is it? It's that high, huh? Yeah, I think he was at least top five. I believe so. Yeah. And he was averaging around 100 pitches per start. Yeah, right now he's 13th in innings, but that is partly because a lot of these guys who are ahead of him in innings pitch haven't, um, or sorry, have pitched. Oh, after the All-Star break. Right. I mean, we're, we're a few games in at this point, and most of these guys who are throwing that many innings are good, or at least have expectations that they could be good. So, And uh, probably didn't have arm trouble in the past. Yeah. So I, <laughs> guess, I guess the biggest thing with Wheeler is, do you think he will be traded at this point, given the hard deadline for trades that you mentioned earlier? And just as a reminder... Uh, it's easy to forget, especially when the Mets have been uh, playing the way they have over the course of this season. You might tune out a little bit more. Uh, but for anybody who's listening, what Linda is referring to is the lack of a non-waiver. Uh, sorry, the lack of a waiver trade period. So when the deadline hits this year, that's it. A player can still be put on waivers, but there's no more of the August game where basically the whole league goes on revocable waivers and then guys who clear can still be traded and all that at the end of this month there's a deadline and that's it so given that uh time frame and given where wheeler is right now uh, linda do you think he will be in another uniform in august or he will ride out this season as a met this is yeah this is such a tough a tough call. I think he could still be attractive to some teams because he seemed to not be too worried about it. But him being not too worried about it and teams being worried about it might be two completely different things. Um, the re- even if they do find a team, but then you know you also hear other names going around: Stroman, Robbie Ray, Bumgarner, maybe. Um, those guys you would probably target before you would target Wheeler or you would target Wheeler as kind of like a budget <laughs> budget starter. Um, so the return probably wouldn't, wouldn't be what you would expect if he was fully healthy or if he had been performing like he had the second half of last season. Um, so I don't know. That's a tough call. But if they don't trade him... Do they extend him, or should they extend him, or even give him a qualifying offer? But then, you know, he would be quite an expensive starter next year if he accepts. So it's just a weird situation overall that Wheeler is in right now. And they are losing three starters next year. Is it three? Um, Or is it two? Yeah, it's Vargas, Wheeler... Right. Oh, just, and then it's up to you if they trade Syndergaard or not. So they are definitely losing two. And they have nobody to replace them with. So it's just it's just such a tough call right now. I say you have to trade him. And then maybe go on like the way the Yankees went with Chapman. And then try to re-sign him. But I don't know. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know that that's what the notion of what the rotation looks like after this year uh, is somewhat it, scary to me. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> ugly. <laughs> and that's with I, I'm a believer in Syndergaard. Matt's I'm not so sure, but uh, Degrom is Degrom, obviously. Uh, I think Syndergaard is still more than capable number two, who's just had a bad little more. You know, we call it the halfway point, but a little more than half of the season. Um, but if Matt suddenly becomes your number three and the two other guys that they put into the rotation to start next season are, are noticeably worse than him, that's a scary rotation to have, even with uh, how good it is at the top. So, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. I want to run through some of the other guys who might be traded. Uh mm-hmm. They're the obvious ones, so we'll start with them. But then some of the other guys who are potentially players who could bring back returns maybe get a little more interesting. But uh, Jason Vargas, I'm going to assume everybody who's a Mets fan probably has the same answer on this one. But would you would you trade? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) trade. (laughs) Yeah. Any uh, anything in particular that getting rid of him would uh, that you'd be excited about if they got rid of him? Yes. Um, I mean, just the whole, like, getting into it with Tim Healy, it was just a bad look. And, like, I just kind of wrote him off at that point. So, if he brings back anything, great. Like, I there's just, I don't have any feelings for Vargas at this point. Like, uh, he's probably gone next year because I doubt it's a player option they have, I think, for him. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think the team has the option. So. Okay. Yeah. So no, don't exercise that. Like, let's just part ways. Forget this ever happened. And good luck <laughs> and God bless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine any team would give anything up. But no. if you freed up that spot, um, I'm not saying I'm a believer in Walker Lockett or the right. The K is necessarily ready. Um, I, I don't want to totally write off K, though. I think what he did in uh, in Double A was sort of encouraging. Certainly owned his promotion, owned earned his promotion to Triple A. Uh, whether or not he's ready to have that stint in the major leagues to see what that looks like, I don't know. But at the very least, uh, none of us care in particular about the Mets getting salary relief. But if Vargas just goes somewhere else. And they can get a look at somebody who may or may not factor into their plans beyond this year, then that's a win. And even if yeah, that person's bad, time. whatever. Yeah. yeah, now's the time to find that out. Not that they're going to sign anyone anyway, but they can at least pretend that that's what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, Todd Frazier. Uh, trade. Yeah. I, I think you could get something for him. Um, but let's be real, it'll probably be a double-A reliever. But, you know, if you trade for enough of them, maybe one will stick eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, overall, I like Fraser. Um, I do, too. He he was a little disappointing last year, for sure, but he's been pretty solid this year, especially after coming back from not having spring training. Um, got off to a slow start, but he's, he's basically been himself uh, when you look at his total... Uh, stat line right now 
Um, and I, I agree. I don't think he's going to bring back anything amazing, but. And he's one of the few who can actually play defense on this team. Yeah. So it might get pretty ugly after he's gone. <laughs> I mean, not. The, I mean, if you can get more ugly than the way they're already currently constructed, I guess JD Davis would go to third. Yeah, it could be that or McNeil. Right. I I would enjoy uh, seeing McNeil there. And... Yeah, he looked good when they had him there earlier in the year. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. He's he's certainly been a delight this season. Uh, yeah. With the way he's hit and the way he's handled a few different positions respectably, if not better. Uh, and it kind of feels like, even though Anthony Rendon would make a ton of sense for this team after mm-hmm. this season. Uh, That's not going to happen. Right. Uh, like the infield next <laughs> year. And I, I say this as somebody who thinks Robinson Cano still has years of good production left in him and isn't finished. But the infield is going to be Pete Alonso. Robinson Cano, probably Ahmed Rosario, and and Jeff McNeil. And whether they move Cano to third and put McNeil at second or, or just leave them that way, I can't imagine they're going to spend another dollar on the infield. Like Even if Rosario's not at short, I'd imagine it's because they have Jimenez coming up mm. and they're trying Rosario in center or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't think they're spending a cent on those four possession, uh, positions this winter. No, no. I mean, you can survive with that infield. It's not. That's not the worst. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's if if Cano is close to what he's typically been, then you have two amazing hitters and one very good hitter and Rosario. You know, I mean, that's not the end of the world. No, and like you said, Rosario's been looking better recently. So you know. If this if this is him kind of finally coming into his own, you know that's that's definitely unacceptable. But I would even say maybe even above average infield, at least defensively. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, so that that sort of gets to the next guy that I wanted to bring up. Who uh, those three Wheeler, Vargas, Frazier, They're on expiring contracts. Um, they're expected to be traded in the context of the way baseball is right now. Um, Frazier and Vargas certainly aren't in a qualifying offer category. Uh, it's debatable <laughs> whether or not Wheeler is. But uh, one of the names that I think I've seen mentioned at least a couple times by people looking at who they might trade is Dominic Smith. And... You know, it kind of makes sense. He doesn't really have a position with this team. Peter Alonso is definitely, uh, clearly, the guy who you stick with as your long-term starting first baseman. Do you want the Mets to really look into that? And do you think if they did, they could bring back something that could help them for a few years? If you had asked me a month ago, I probably would have said yes. But I'm kind of leaning more towards no now. I don't know. Because he is left-handed. So even if you want to make him a left fielder, he is kind of redundant. Because then you have like an all left field. I mean, an all left-handed outfield. Because you assume Nimmo's coming back hopefully healthy. Um, They still have Jed Lowry for next year. So he would also be in the infield. So that would maybe push Jeff McNeil back to the outfield. Um, so if you think you can get something for him, yes. And it has to be something good. 
um, something at least you, you can foresee being useful, um, like a promising prospect or something, somebody who you can maybe, uh, I don't know, this team isn't very good at developing talent, but maybe somebody you could develop, but uh, I just don't see them getting anything back that kind of equates to what Dominic Smith can bring because if this is legit like I know he didn't produce last year but if this is who he really is he's a very useful piece to have on a team and but I don't know if it's this team because they are so left-handed heavy he's you know not the greatest in in the outfield because you know he's not He's definitely not going back to first base. And even today, Mickey Callaway said they're done uh, taking Pete Alonso out for defense at the end of the at the end of the game. So they trust Alonso's defense now. So he's not even a defensive replacement anymore. Um, so I don't know. I would say if you think you can get something, yes, because you can find other bench bats. But I really do like Dom. Yeah. Uh, that's understandable. Uh, he's certainly very likable, uh, but yeah, it it's somewhat of an awkward situation that they wound up with two first basemen in the National League who are both hitting very well. <laughs> Dom, couldn't you like be a catcher and it wouldn't it would solve all of our problems? <laughs> Honestly, the way the Mets do things, I'm surprised they haven't actually tried that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> like oh yeah let's go with a left-handed catcher in the major leagues and <laughs> see, see what, what happens. happens yeah yeah no Noah Syndergaard would have no complaints about that <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah and I love Syndergaard but yeah uh <laughs> yeah, no, he would say something <laughs> so anybody else I mean I get the other than those names those were all the ones I wanted to bring up but anybody else um who is under control? Well, the Syndergaard himself, I guess, and then uh, other ideas would be Lugo or Diaz. Um. I would say Wilson Ramos. Ah, yes. I think uh, maybe even, I mean, because his defense is even worse than advertised. Um, I mean, his problem is just simply catching the ball. Right. And that's kind of an issue when you're a catcher. And so uh, maybe an American League team looking for, you know, another offensive piece, um, maybe a DH, he might be okay. Um, I mean, the Yankees traded for Enwood and Carnarcion, even though they didn't really need offense. So there, there should be a team looking for offense. So if I would take, you know, a couple prospects for... For Wilson Ramos and then see what you have in Nito. Nito's looked better. I mean, he's still not not Mike Piazza, <laughs> but he's not, you know, he's, he's not, not uh, he's not 29. He's not, he's not Tampa Bay Rays 2019 Travis Darnell. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How did we get here? But yeah, I mean, it was it was bound to happen. And I think it was. And that was just another one of those little things that they mishandled. Right, well, and the, and the thing was, uh, you know, you tweeted about it a little bit uh, on the Amazing Avenue account, and some some people don't get that you're quite, or they don't quite get that you're joking at least a little bit, but uh, <laughs> this but, fast, right? But the 
there's some truth behind that. It's not to say that these 150 plate appearances mean Travis Darno is going to be at this level forever moving forward, but it's just uh, Darno and Wilmer Font and Keon Broxton sort of fall into the same category. Players who they put something into having them on the roster this year mm-hmm. and gave up on very, very quickly. I mean, Darno was the quickest, but Broxton was not far behind that. And I mean, in fairness to them, the Broxton thing doesn't look like it was that big of a mistake up to this point. But it's just with Darno, it was they gave him a roster spot and tendered him a contract and guaranteed him salary. And they gave up whatever you think of what they gave up. They gave up players in trades for Broxton and Font. And yet, the longest tenured one of the three was Wilmer Font, and he's gone. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's that's kind of sad when you when you put it that way. <laughs> but it's like that's also they don't do bold moves. They're always like in the middle of the road. It's like um, they won't like on both sides. Like you could have cut Darno, you could have not tendered him a contract, but they were too scared to do that. And then, but then when they got mad at him, they cut him. So it's like you can't. You can't have it both ways. And then also, like, like, at the other side, they make a big trade. But now they won't sign Machado. So both ends of the spectrum, they won't they won't do. Like, anything that involves being bold, they won't do. They always take the middle conservative route, which is how they always end up middle mediocre balance <laughs> in the standings. Yeah. Yep. so i guess on that uplifting note uh Uh (laughs) we had asked for a few questions on twitter the other day for this show uh and they're they're all they're they're quick ones relatively uh but they were they were good so i want to thank the people who uh tweeted them and let's just run through them real quick it's just three questions but uh so oscar tweeted will mickey make it to the end of the season I say yes because they don't want to pay two managers. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And also, it's sort of just like if they weren't going to fire him after the blow up mm-hmm. with Healy, but when they didn't fire him for that, I thought it was a clear sign that they were going to keep him until the end of this season. Uh, and then I fully expect that he'll be gone in the winter. But yeah. But yeah, I would. I think I would... Kapler gets fired before he does. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a, an interesting prop bet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have, both of us uh, would say Callaway's probably the manager on the last day of the 2019 season. Yes, I agree. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll do, we touched on the Wheeler stuff, but uh, Brian asked us on Twitter, what were the Mets thinking pushing Wheeler's pitch count so high for so long? Uh, they weren't. <laughs> they were trying to trade him, but that backfired as it usually does. Yeah. The one thing with Wheeler's pitch count, and he's certainly, you know, he's averaged uh, a bit more than he has in the past. And he had some of the higher uh, pitch counts were more recent, you know, closer to when he went on the injured list. Uh, but the. Uh, 
I mean, out of his last, what, four, two, five, six, seven. So out of his last 10 starts, he had a start of 118 pitches to start that stretch. Oh, jeez. No, which which is his high mark for the uh, high water mark for pitches for the season, but it was 118, 102, 102, 107, 94, 108, 94, 107, 116. Oh my gosh. 104. So, well, I'm just curious. And I think he said he felt it in his past two starts, but he didn't say anything until just recently. Yeah. Which is a problem. So yeah, when you when you compare it to last year, it was he, he went over a hundred several times uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And he had games of one fourteen, one thirteen, twice, one ten. I don't know. I think I think the fact that there's that one sixteen in there more recently. Like I'm not totally trying to defend the Mets here. I'm just looking at you know what things looked like when things were going well and what things looked like recently i think the fact that the 116 came in a game that had more focus on it uh and may have been the reason why they put him back out there mm-hmm. uh, against the yankees on july 2nd and then uh, i think it's the combination of not so much what his pitch count was in the july 7th start or the june 27th start the ones that were before and after that one not so much that as they shuffled things around a little bit to make sure that he got another start before the break. Yeah. And then you had Mickey Calloway say this strange thing that, I don't know, maybe there was more context to it. Um, Matt Ehalt had tweeted it and followed up with somebody on Twitter saying there wasn't more context, that he asked the question, that was the answer, that Calloway said something, uh, what was it, that if, well, if you can't, Oh, pitch, pitch every, every five fifth, days. Right, then you don't deserve to be a starter in the majors. Like that. Yeah. Ugh. It's a weird thing to say about a guy that you're probably still trying to trade. Thank you. <laughs> and a guy that's had arm injuries in the past, that's really not his fault. Right. I, I forget who said, like, somebody pointed out, like, uh, that's a good way to lose your clubhouse, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a weird thing that happened today for, for no apparent <laughs> reason. <laughs> um, that's usually the Mets for no apparent reason things happen so yeah the the long-winded answer but in terms of what were the Mets thinking I think you, you summed it up that uh, basically they weren't uh, you know it's just they have, yeah they have one thing on their mind and that was to get a deal and that was it yeah and alright the uh, the last question comes from somebody who's the uh, uh, we'll just go with what the uh, the name is on on Twitter. <laughs> Mets make me drink. There's no there's no name name here in the or in the handle. But uh, their question is on a scale of one to ten, uh, how much does it take for you to stay a Mets fan each season? See, usually I can deal with the losing, but this year it's been embarrassing on top of it, and. You know, not to get too off topic, but I think also the New York Rangers have completely ruined it for me because 18 months ago they said we're rebuilding and now this year they're a legit playoff team. So, like, they did a rebuild. They did it the right way. 
they realized they weren't going anywhere, got pieces that were useful, and now could be, you know, a really good team going forward for a really long time because they have a bunch of good young guys. And so knowing that it's possible, I know hockey's a completely different sport. These guys you draft can go right into the, can go play almost immediately. Like, I get that. But it takes scouting. It takes, you know, making a bold move, like signing Panarin, who is an elite talent. Like, that would be equivalent if the Mets said, hey, you know, we're right there. We're going to go for it. and We're going to sign Machado. Like, that probably would have been the equivalent. And the Rangers make the bold move and the Mets don't. So it just it makes me more frustrated with the Mets that they're just complacent or they think they know better than everybody else. Um, so the, I would say about like a 9.5 this <laughs> year, not a 9.5. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's pretty reasonable. But uh, all right, this has been fun. Uh, I yes. hope everybody listening enjoyed uh, as much as everybody else did uh, producing and you know, getting this stuff out there. But it's uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to have four different shows. And back before we got to that point, we had maybe shorter segments or occasionally people filling in. But uh, given the way things have gone. And, and it's all gone very well, but just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stepping out of our weekly routines a little bit and still doing the same shows, but talking to different people. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a good thing. Uh, so I hope everybody's enjoyed it. Uh, this is the wrap up next week. We, we go back to our, our norm. Uh, yeah, but you can, uh, you can find Linda on, Twitter at uh, Linda Surovich. You can find me on Twitter at Chris McShane. Brian uh, is Brian needs a nap. Uh, I, I will, you know, mention that. I, I assume you're you're all already following him uh, since he runs this show. <laughs> Maybe you're not. I don't know. And yeah, uh, as always, check out Amazing Avenue for all the things we write and all the things we podcast about. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. A week from now, maybe uh, Brian and I will be talking about the Mets' miraculous, I guess it would be 10 games because that series wouldn't be over yet, but 10-game winning streak that has them on the cusp of 500 for the first time since, uh, what, Mar- uh, not March, uh, May? Early May? May. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Yes. All right. Oh, and as Brian would say at the end of the show, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.